Are you guys sure you've got this? Yeah. The twins are plugged in. Baby's asleep. How hard can this get? We're men. Besides, I bumped into Chuck Norris at a Pizza Hut once. I think his powers rubbed off on me. Get out of here. Go on, enjoy your mommy getaway weekend. Oh, this weekend was a bad idea. You remember what happened last time we watched the kids? I'm not a pinata! <laughs> yeah, we're gonna need help. Warning, use of this product may alter your perception of reality. All right, everything looks the same. This is a joke. Guys, it's like the Sahara in this cup. Can somebody hit me with some juice? <laughs> and listen, pulp, no pulp, doesn't make a difference to me. You're the ones dealing with the diaper. Mom goggles. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> I need you to sit on your bottom. Listen to Daddy. You sit on your bottom, okay? Daddy's gonna come get you. Don't don't, don't move. Don't dance. Just sit on your bottom. Daddy's gonna come get you. Whoa, 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 whoa! Don't you try to stop me. Baby made a poopy, yes you did, bitch. Where are your mom goggles? They went over my hazmat suit. Take that. Oh, oh. You're so cute, bitch. And then the little boy <laughs> rocked his mommy. Oh, I love you forever. I like you too. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. Oh, well you take it and you fold it from corner to corner. No, I'm I'm asking the question, how do moms do all of this? How do they handle it all? Well, maybe they have goggles we don't know about. It's as if God 
gave moms a special way of looking at things, you know? Okay, who taught you servanthood? Who modeled grace? Who gave you a taste of what God's love could look like? My mom, Mr. T, and my mom. Anyway, I, I just think God gave moms a special way of looking at things. Hey, honey. Hey, how's it going at home? It's all good. Guess you could say I'm starting to catch a glimpse of what your world looks like. Oh, really? Yeah. Mama. Hold on, your daughter wants to say something to you. I did mama. She says she misses you. And she realizes how important you are in her life. And she doesn't know how you do it. And she knows that she can't make it without you. She said all that, huh? I don't know if she said it. But it's what I wanted to say. And I should have said it a lot sooner. I thank God for you. The twins. Um, it, it was nothing. Um, we, we have to go, okay? Um, lo love you, Mommy. Hi there and good morning, Simi Church. First off, I just want to wish all the moms a very happy and blessed Mother's Day today. Uh, for those who don't know me, my name is Daniel, and uh, my family and I have been attending Simi Church for about six months now, uh, and we've enjoyed every minute of it. Um, we've built some really good relationships with uh, a few of you already, and I'm really looking forward to getting to know more of you once this whole quarantine is over. Uh, I was asked by Joe to lead us in prayer this morning, and for that, I'd like for us to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'll ask this question, and I want us to just really think about it and meditate on it. And the question is, what does Jesus mean to you? You know, when I study God's Word, I, I can't help but think that Jesus means everything to our Heavenly Father. Everything in the Old Testament was looking forward to him, and everything in the New Testament is looking back at him. In Isaiah 42.1, God says, Behold, my servant whom I uphold, my elect one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. Now this, of course, is referring to the Lord Jesus. And God says of him, My elect one in whom my soul delights. So we see that God delights in him. And God also finds great pleasure in him. We see him saying a similar thing in Matthew 3.17, just as Jesus is coming up from the water after being baptized. It says, And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So the Son means everything to the Father. Now for those of you, those of you who are parents, uh, think about how you feel. Uh, when people tell you how good your children are, how well-behaved they are, how well-mannered they are. It gives you a sense of pleasure and great joy, doesn't it? 
Well, I'd like to think it has a similar effect when we tell God how great and amazing His Son is. I know of a brother who says that when we lift up the Son in praise and worship, it's like a sweet-smelling aroma in the nostrils of God. Like the altar of incense in the tabernacle or the temple. So let's raise a giant fragrance up to God this morning by just pouring out our hearts and revealing to Him how much His Son means to us. Take a couple minutes to pray, and I'll come back and close this out. Let's go ahead and finish up in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you this morning for your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, as we meditate on him, we are reminded of all that he is. And really, we're just in awe. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the creator, redeemer, and savior of the world. He is our strength in times of weakness, our hope in times of despair, and our comforter in times of distress. Father, the list can go on and on. Thank you for your son. There really aren't enough words to express just how much he means to us. 
Help us, God, to always see him the way that you see him. That we too may find our joy, our delight, and our pleasure in him. Father, may these prayers be a sweet-smelling aroma to you as we lift up your Son in praise and worship this morning. It's in his lovely name that we pray. Amen. Been holding on for too long Singing the same, those same songs Putting me behind the misery It's all for me Been holding on for too long But now I've got nothing to hold on It all just sounds like Hello and welcome to See Me Church I'm Joe Collins and this is my mom Fran And we'd like to wish you a happy Mother's Day You know at See Me Church Our mission is to love God and neighbor, one household at a time. We're ordinary people who believe in the extraordinary message of Jesus Christ. So no matter who you are or what your story, we're glad you're here. So we've been in a series called One-on-One with Jesus. Last week, we looked at a conversation that occurred between Jesus and a Roman centurion. We learned that the centurion was a compassionate, considerate, and convinced in the authority of Jesus Christ man and someone who was worthy to emulate. This week, in honor of Mother's Day, I want to revisit someone who we've talked about before, and that is Mary, the mother of Jesus, and take a look at another one-on-one she had with Jesus when he was just a preteen. As always, the goal is to draw out something relevant to our faith and life today. So because it's Mother's Day, I've asked my mom to be with me as I welcome you this morning, and I want to take a minute to tell her how much I appreciate her. You know, Mom, you've been a very constant in my life. Through all the ups and downs, you've always been there. And you've been an incredibly kind and generous and patient person. And I just want to say happy Mother's Day and thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) You know, it's easy to forget that Jesus was just like us and born into a family. He had brothers, sisters, and who knows, he could even have been an uncle. But before all that, he was a son. Sons have a unique relationship with their mothers, like I do with my mom. And like all children, they start out totally dependent on their mom for everything, but eventually they crave their own path, or they carve their own path. And Jesus was no different. In Luke chapter two, we see perhaps the first glimpse of Jesus going his own way and his mother's response to it. At this time, I'd like to pray before we, be, before we read. Father, it is so great to be together on Mother's Day. I pray that all the moms in attendance are encouraged this morning. I pray that your spirit is with us and help us to see great things in this one-on-one between Jesus and his own mom. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. At this time, I'm going to read Luke chapter 2, verses 41 to 48. And while I do, I'm going to let my mom go inside, and I'm going to invite my wife, Lynette, to come and join me for the rest of our time today. Verse 41. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. 
After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. Hello, Lynette. Hi. So I've asked Lynette to join me for today's lesson because afterwards she's going to help prepare our hearts for communion. So in Luke chapter 2, verses 41 to 48, Jesus is 12 years old and the family is returning home after their yearly trip to Jerusalem for Passover. Now after about a day's journey outside of the city, they suddenly realize that Jesus is not with them. So they turn around and travel a whole nother day back into the city. And then another day passes before they find him sitting in the temple courts, wowing the teachers. You know, I have never lost any of my kids for three days, but I have lost all three of my kids at least once. As a toddler, my oldest walked outside the front door of our house without me knowing about it. And I found him a few streets away from our house in our neighborhood. One Sunday, I drove home after church and totally forgot to bring home with me my middle child. And on another occasion, I was in Macy's at the mall and I lost my daughter, Sophia. I had to call security. They closed the store down before we finally found her hiding in a rack of clothes. You know, I can tell you, there's no worse feeling than as a parent than losing your child. I can't imagine having to carry that feeling around for three days like Mary and Joseph did. It can only be matched by the feeling of relief that they must have felt when they finally found their son Jesus in the temple courts. Mm. You know, having kids is one of the greatest experiences of life, mm. but it's also one of the most painful. I wanna thank all of the parents, especially the moms this morning, for putting up with us children. And I hope that all you children out there, make sure you take a moment today to thank your mom mm. for all they've done for you. Verse 48, when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. And why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then, after, then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So after finding Jesus, they realized, it seems from the text, that he had intentionally had stayed behind. And so Mary, like any good mom, scolded him for doing so and almost giving her a heart attack. But Jesus' excuse in verse 49 is priceless because he's the only kid who ever lived who could use the fact that he was the son of God as a valid excuse. And believe me, I've tried. You know, aside from all the miraculous events and fulfilled prophecies and distinctive things that people said about Jesus at his birth, this is the first recorded occurrence in which Jesus said and did something that distinguished himself from others, specifically Joseph and Mary. You know, I remember the last time my mom tried to spank me. I don't know what I did, but I remember her putting me over her knee and I laughed the whole experience. After that, it was clear to my mom that something had changed between us. She never tried to spank me again, although she did try to hit me with a broom on a bunch of occasions. I'm just kidding. 
but she knew things had become different. Now, I don't know if Mary tried to discipline Jesus, but it's clear to me that after this experience, she knew something was different between her and him. In verse 51, it says that Mary treasured all these things in her heart. Even though Mary had good reason to ground Jesus for the rest of his life, and probably would have if it was one of the other children that had pulled a stunt like this, it doesn't seem that she did. One of my favorite things about Mary, things I appreciate in this story, was her ability to let Jesus be Jesus. Even though he was her son, she knew he wasn't hers all alone. You know, sometimes I think we try to keep Jesus all to ourselves. What I mean is this, we get so focused on maintaining our personal connection to him that we are unable to share him with others. I can't tell you how many times in the past I have asked people to serve in church or be more evangelistic only to hear them say, you know, I'm not ready or I'm not spiritual enough. You know, the truth is you're never going to be ready or spiritual enough, but that shouldn't stop you from sharing Jesus with others. I doubt very much that Mary was ready to let Jesus go at age 12, but she did. Because even before he was born, she knew he was going to be someone special. You know, I just wanted to share that I love that verse, um, that she treasured these experiences in her heart. I think as women, um, we really relate to that. Um, not just as mothers, but just as women, when we have experiences that are dear to us, we treasure them in our heart and we remember them. And Mary was no different. Uh, I'm sure as a mom, there were many average days where she was just cleaning and cooking and serving and, and teaching and instructing her children. But uh, there were moments, especially in Jesus's life, where things were just unusual. And she treasured those and she kept them in her heart. And I think that's really important for us as we walk with God to find those special treasures in our heart and store them up. So let's read Luke chapter 2, verse 13. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what, he had, what, had been to, what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things up in her, and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So shortly after Jesus was born, shepherds visited Mary and told her about the angels that appeared in the sky praising her son. In verse 19, Mary, it says, Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. You know, it's easy to forget, but Mary, like all moms with their children, had a special connection to mm -hmm. Jesus. She knew him better than any living person. From what we can tell, he lived with her for the better part of 20 years and then took care of her for another 10. And like all moms with their children, she knew there was something special about Jesus. The question I want to leave you with today is, do you? Do you believe that Mary, like Mary, that there is something special about Jesus? If so, then let others know it. Don't try to keep him all to yourself. Let him use you to be a blessing to others. At this time, my wife Lynette's going to share and prepare ourselves, our hearts for communion. Well, first of all, I wanted to say Happy Mother's Day, and thank you for letting me share 
uh, at this communion uh, and just uh, share my heart about how Jesus became special to me. Um, our story is continuing in Luke chapter 2, and it's where we get another peek at uh, what the life of Mary might have been like being Jesus' mother. Uh, you know, at the time, it was uh, customary in the Jewish faith to bring all the newborn males to the temple when they were eight days old and uh, have them circumcised and dedicated to God. So Jesus was no different. Uh, Joseph and Mary traveled to the temple when he was eight days old and uh, were about to perform the practice. When on their way in, they met an elderly, devoted Jewish man named Simeon, who had actually been told by the Holy Spirit that he would live to see the Messiah. Simeon had waited long to see the Messiah, and he was getting old. And so when he saw Jesus, the Holy Spirit told him that that was the Messiah, and he rejoiced. It was a lifetime of waiting. Let's just look at what he said. We'll read the scripture in Luke 2. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, may you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, the child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. In that moment, Mary is being told that her son will bring salvation to all nations Gentile and Jew. And in the very next moment that he would cause people to fall and that he will be spoken against. You see, Mary was a young Jewish woman in the first century and we're reading this story in hindsight. But Mary was living it. She had no special knowledge of the future, just prophecy that Jesus would be the Messiah. I'm sure that was confusing. But I'm assuming like a typical Jew of her day, she thought that Jesus would be king like David and that she'd be at his side one day, proud mama. But the kicker for Mary was really the prophecy that a sword would pierce her soul too. What did that mean? And when would it happen? Was her son not going to be this Messiah and restore the kingdom of Israel? You see, I believe as I read the scriptures, that the crucifixion was a surprise to everyone, mm -hmm. and even his mother. Mm -hmm. Do you think Mary would have encouraged him to go on his ministry if she knew it would end that way? <laughs> How did Mary feel when she realized for the first time that her child she loved and she raised was no longer, in her mind, was going to be a political leader, but wasn't going to be a political leader. He was going to be a, or an earthly king, but he was going to be a suffering servant. <laughs> I can imagine that even... After the victory of the resurrection, every Passover, she was reminded of the day she watched her son die. Could any mother get that image out of their mind? And then the reality hits. He died for her. Every time she thought of her sin, her soul must have been pierced. I had a one-on-one -on -one with Jesus. In March 8, 1992, I decided to follow Christ and get baptized. <laughs> It was the first time in my life that I understood God's grace and love that he poured out for me on the cross. 
I no longer saw the cross as just a half-fainting, peaceful Jesus, but as a tortured body, bloody and beaten. I'd already been amazed by Jesus as a child, but I never understood my sinfulness and my need for mercy. For the first time, I saw myself as a blind beggar, as a woman at the well, as a rich young ruler, and that I needed grace and mercy. And today, nearly 30 years later, I still see myself in need of that mercy. I can barely think of my sin in light of the cross without hanging my head and weeping because I am utterly sinful without mercy. So today, please take a moment and remember the cross. Stop and thank God for his suffering servant. Amen. Thanks, Lynette. You know, at Simi Church, we believe the Bible is the best source of truth in our world today. In it, we learn that Jesus is Lord. He lived a sinless life, died on a cross, and rose to life again. And it's in this belief that we do everything. Now, before I go any further, I'd like to ask you to take communion together as a church family this morning. All you need is some matzah and grape juice. So if you need some time to get ready, feel free to press pause, and we'll be here when you get back. Welcome back. At this time, I'd like to encourage you to eat the bread and drink the cup, and take a few minutes to meditate on Jesus' life, death, burial, and resurrection. Amen. You know, if for some reason you were not able to take communion with us, please make sure you do so later today. We want CB Church to be your church, your family's church, and your neighbor's church. We are a member-supported fellowship by people like me. You can give online today at cmechurch.org or text the keyword to CB Church to 77977. If you like what we're doing here at CB Church, 
please subscribe on our YouTube channel. And don't forget to like us on Facebook and Instagram. Also, I want to remind you to engage your world for Jesus. You can do this by praying for, investing in, and being Jesus to the people you know. And don't forget to tell them about See Me Church. You can start by sharing a link to our website and our other social media outlets. Finally, I want to thank everyone for your generosity, not only to the church, but also to our sister fellowship mm -hmm. in Kolkata, India. So far, we have raised over $3,000 that will go directly to the church there and help provide basic foodstuffs to our brothers and sisters over there. Lynette and I want to wish you a happy Mother's Day. God bless. Warning. Use of this product may alter your perception of reality. Everything looks the same. Guys, can somebody hit me with some juice? And listen, pulp, no pulp, doesn't make a difference to me. You're the ones dealing with the diaper. Mom goggles. Have fun glamping. What is that? I have no idea. Uh, we got this. Yep. I mean, think about this. The kids are older. Now they practically take care of themselves. Nobody understands me. We're doomed. What did we do the last time they left us alone with the kids? Mom goggles! Those things were so great. I mean, they helped us see things like moms see things. Whatever happened to them? I definitely put them in a place I knew I would never forget. Great, where are they? I forgot. Uh, computer phone, order two pair of mom goggles. Ordering two pairs of mom joggers. Nope, uh, no, goggles, mom goggles. young lady. I'm so confused on how I'm feeling. I don't even know why I'm angry, but it feels good to yell. What you're feeling is natural. 
You truly are a gift from God. And I hope you know I'm always here for you. You're the best dad in the world. I'm sorry I don't tell you that more often. I am going to cry like a man child at your wedding. Stop looking at me! <sighs> oh, laundry. Look at this mess. It is literally a pigsty in here, mister. How are you gonna organize your life if you can't organize your sock drawer? First, it's unmatched socks. Then, unfinished homework. Then, kicked out of school, next? <gasps> Jail! <gasps> How does she process this every day? All right, one more time. Plastic bowls up top, face down, forks up, knives down, plates in the center, pots and pans we wash by hand. Now repeat it back to me. No, I don't think the joggers make you look fat. I've got my dad's thighs. Don't you need the goggles? No. I've seen your mom do this so many times. You have a great mom, you know that. That's great. Mm. Can you hand me the barf bucket? No, okay, here, here we go. <coughs> I got your cat out of the dryer. You're welcome. I don't own a cat. How do they do it? Cats? Moms. How do they do all of this without the goggles? They don't need them. Moms have this God-given ability. Yeah, it's like no matter what the circumstance, they always see the best version of what their kids can be. Moms are a little glimpse of heaven. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't me!